Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you are exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier. I am Rick Hale. And joining us tonight is the man who will be taking my job in the next two weeks. Just as predicted. (laughs) Pretty soon he's going to have mine, too. Chucky G! What's up, guys? What's up? I feel like that should be said, like, Chucky G, G, G. Yeah, and, and, and before we go any further, the song that we were listening to, because I always forget to do this, is... San Diego Bay by Rich Odes. He remembered. Nice job, man. I remember. Way to go. So, so these next two and a half sh- years, and I finally remember. Yes. <laughs> so, so these next two shows are a little bittersweet for us. Uh, probably if you follow us on the Facebook or, you know, you look us up on the Google or things like that, you already know what's going on. But if you don't, uh, we have some changes coming up that are both that are both happy and sad. That's, That's right, right, if you follow us on the Twitter. So Rick and I have been co-hosts of this wonderful show for the last four and a half years. And sadly, our partnership is about to come to an end because as Rick and I have been predicting, Chucky e. G was after one of our jobs and he finally got it. Da, 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 da. That's right. <laughs> I'm moving in. That's right. So the Chuck actually man. That's right. Not the better man, just a different man. Um, and I'm so fickle, you know. So here's the thing. Rick is going to be doing his own show. Rick, you want to talk about that your is. show that's coming up a little bit? Yes, in two weeks. For the first hour of what we, when we usually do Paranormal Underground, so I will be on from 8 to 9 p.m. Central. It will be my own show, finally. I am going to be flying solo. I'm moving out on my own. And uh, got my own apartment. <laughs> no, and um, don't let is, the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Dude. That's right. I, mean, I am gonna. I am gonna trash this thing like somebody who just lost their house. Oh, um, no, um, it, it is a. It is. It, the new show is Common Sense Paranormal Radio. Mm-hmm. With I can't wait. Looking forward to. It. I can't. I can't wait either. It's. It is a really great opportunity, and it's. It's just. It, it's an expansion of the paranormal underground. Um, empire, as you know, as as Joe Gallant calls it, the empire, the empire. Rick, I am your father. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> hey, and by so, the way, wait, yeah, by the yeah. way, who, who's who's your first guest on that awesome new show? Uh, some guy on the south side of Chicago. That's all I can. No, it's uh, my my first guest is going to be my very good friend and colleague and uh, long term bromance, uh, Chuck E. G. Chuck E. G. Paranormal Underground's Chuck E. G. That would be. It's actually not Paranormal Underground, though. Chuck, you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, you guys are gonna. You guys are still paranormal underground, right? Well, so, so kind I said, of. They, 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 kind of. Paranormal underground, Chucky G. We are paranormal kind of. underground. We're in the dark radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. You paranormal underground are, radio in the okay. dark. Yep. With Karen and Chucky G. G. Yeah. Dark. So you guys are like. You, 
You guys we- are going to be like Skinamax then. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Softcore <laughs> porn. Wow. Mm. I was just going to say fused together, but okay. <laughs> So yeah, so here's what's here's what's going to happen for those of you who just didn't understand any of that. Starting in two weeks from tonight, um, at six p.m. Pacific, nine p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states, you will hear Rick for one hour doing common sense paranormal radio. And then from um, seven to nine p.m. Pacific, uh, what's that make it ten to midnight Eastern? And other times in the flyover states, you will be hearing Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with Karen Fraser and Chucky G. G. Oh yeah, G. oh I like yes. That I like that echo at the end. I really thank like you, thank you. I, I think <laughs> that we maybe should we should somehow work that into the show promos. <laughs> Chucky G. 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 So um, I, I feel like I should be like K-Fraz or something instead. Of, you know, just because you're Chucky e. G and I'm still just Karen Frazier. Oh. <laughs> no, so hold on a second. We got to come yeah. up with a name. It's 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 got to be. We there's there's got to be a mixture of the two of you guys' name. You know, like Brangelina or you know. I like the K-Fraz. <laughs> K-Fraz, Chucky e. G. I like K-Fraz. Yeah, right. I think that's good. I think that rolls K-Fraz, right off. Fraz, rolls right Fraz, off the, right Fraz. off your tongue, doesn't it? That's yeah. like my A-Rod style name, K-Fraz. That's <laughs> actually, you know what? That's actually my my handle handle on the Twitter is author K-Fraz. I think that's bitching. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I do. Totally. Well, Rick, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with the show. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm sorry that I, I, I have to say, if Chuck got one of our jobs, I'm glad it's yours. Okay. Good. <laughs> Instead of mine. <laughs> but pretty soon he'll probably push me out too. No, I'm sure he probably no. won't because Chuck is a huge personality. And it's just, dude, I got to be honest with you. I, I've listened to a lot of talk radio. Chuck, you, you. You're the bomb. Your voice is sexy, man. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Bob wants to know. Bob. I mean, Bob wants to know if I can stay awake yeah. that late. Bob, it's only going to be nine o'clock here. I should be good. Should be okay. <laughs> I should be all right. It's well, Cheryl we worry about. Yeah, really, and thank you because at the same time for me, it's like I, I did in the dark radio for uh, a year, mm-hmm. um, and it was fun, you know, because you guys let me kind of like do my thing and gave me a little extra time, so you know it's very much appreciated. Um, so for me, it's a little bittersweet too because it's like um, I'm, I'm going away from my own thing by myself, though it's not going to be bad because I'm, I'm joining K-Fraz over here, so it's all good, you know, uh, but at the same time, it's a little sad for me, too, because, you know, I'm giving up on Into Dark Radio on its own, you know, but it's kind of, at the same time, it's good, though, because we're fusing it, so it's kind of like a, you know, back and forth thing, too, for me, so. Sure. And here's the thing, so Rick knows exactly what he's doing on his show. Mm-hmm. Chuck and I have no clue. Oh, no. no. Not a clue. Yeah, but you know what, Karen, though? I mean, for the last four and a half years, we pretty much have flown had a on the seat of our pants. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and so you, you and I have been a great partnership, Rick. Yes. I really believe that. And yep. um, the only thing that, that's sometimes been an issue is that we're very similar and that we fly by the seat of our pants. And sure. so um, while I will miss you, one thing I will say is that I will enjoy Chuck's preparedness because <laughs> God knows I'm never prepared. It's like a little boy's cat. the notes this guy keeps? I mean, yeah. I've been over to his house after a show, and, he's, and he has, like, post-it notes literally <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, and, like, he told me about his that. his computer yeah. and all that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, but it's, it's, and you know, flying by the seat of our pants has worked really well for us a lot of times. But there have been a few times where we both just been like, um, 
<laughs> this this interview's going nowhere. You take it. We're we're madly <laughs> typing to each other. You ask the next question. No, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh oh. We have not promoted the guest yet. That's oh that's, okay. Well, okay. we better do that. Um, yeah, we better do that because it's exciting. Um, so Rick, go for it. Yeah, tonight we are going to be talking to Brian Bethel. Now, Brian Bethel is kind of the guy who seems to have, he, he has had some very interesting experiences with a newer phenomena in the paranormal realm. Well, of course, speaking of the black-eyed kids. Now, I mean, as you guys already know, I am, <coughs> excuse me, very skeptical concerning the black-eyed kids. So, I mean, this guy is in, like, he's in an interesting position tonight. He gets he's to make patient me zero. a believer. He's patient zero. He is patient the... Zero. He's patient zero with the black-eyed kids reports, and so I'm excited about that. Yeah. So, here's what we need to do. We are actually a minute over already because we were a minute late getting started, and, of course, we, you know, we have all the reminiscing and, and cred that we got to do. <laughs> so, um... We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we will be talking some black-eyed kids with patient zero of black-eyed kids. So stick around, everybody. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on hazyradio.com. Hey, everyone. It's Chucky G, and I'm here with Karen Frazier. We're here to tell you about some changes we're making to Paranormal Underground Radio starting on January 22nd. I'll be joining Karen as her co-host for a brand new radio show, Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, with Karen Frazier and me, Chucky G. We'll be bringing you paranormal, spiritual, and metaphysical news and talk every Thursday night on Hazy Radio from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific, 10 to midnight Eastern. I hope you'll join us for Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G. Starting January 22nd at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on hazyradio.com. Hey, Hazy Radio listeners. Do you like animated movies and TV shows? Do you ever wonder just what goes into making the magic that appears on your screen? Join Doug Engler and Brandon Ahrens every Sunday night for Animazing Radio. Animazing will feature everything in the animation arena, from voice actors and actresses to illustrators, producers, and more. Only on Animazing Radio will you find the very best in animation from around the world. Catch Animazing Radio every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Babies, you gotta just roll with that flow. Yeah, right into the great daylight as the sun arises right there in your heart. Starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time and running right into high noon, you've got the Coyote Medicine Show in the mornings with your host, Grandpa Peter Coyote, helping you take flight right into the heart, baby. That's right. You gotta know, you gotta get in the flow. The Coyote Medicine Show, only on the Hazy Radio Network.
Are you looking for a show that puts the paranormal in a different light? A show that shoots straight from the hip? A show where the knowledge of paranormal is number one? Then join Rick Hale, former co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, for his new show, Common Sense Paranormal, where paranormal straight talk is what it's all about. Every Thursday night from 9 to 10 Eastern, right here on the Hazy Radio Network. Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. We are your hosts, Rick, Karen, and Kfras, and Chucky G. That'd be me. That would be Chucky. But by the way, Chuck, thank you very much. That was like, I I could not, that that was great. So thank you very much. Joining us tonight is uh, going to be a gentleman who has had some, well, bizarre experiences that I think fit would fit nicely into the arena of high strangeness. And of course, I'm speaking of a newer phenomenon in the paranormal, which is black-eyed kids. Uh, Brian Bethel, thank you so much for joining us in the underground. Pleasure to be here. Fantastic. So, okay, Brian, you know, like I was saying to my saying to my co-host before before we came on the show, you are in a very um, unique position tonight because I'm going to be honest with you, I am very um, skeptical concerning black-eyed kids. But you know, but first, let's get into. Um, what are first off? What what are black eyed kids? Um, and then we'll move into your experience. Um, theories. What what do you got? Um, huh. I, I I mean I've I've heard lots of things. Um, all of them um, equally either convincing or unconvincing, depending on one's um, predilections, I guess. Um, I mean, the first would be that uh, there's some sort of uh, demonic entity. Okay. Uh, the second would be that they're um, some sort of creatures such as vampires. Uh, I've heard uh, aliens, alien-human hybrids. I've heard um, some people who maintain that they are uh, fairy folk, that... Uh, uh, members of the unseely court of the fairy. Um, I, I've heard uh, that they're ghosts. I've heard that uh, every single person out there who is interested in this uh, sort of seems to have a uh, a, a pet theory. And, and among those is that they're uh, a bunch of kids who have gotten black contacts you know, from some Hollywood makeup website or something like that and are out there scaring people like me, which I don't believe in, but uh, um, I find that actually to be the most far-fetched of all of them, to be perfectly <laughs> okay. honest. That's, that's not the logical, that's, or it's, it's not the Occam's razor one. That one seems like it would take an awful lot of, uh, you know, uh, of twisting and turning to get there. So I have uh, earlier referred to you, before you came on, is that you're kind of patient zero when it comes to Black Eyed Kids reports. Yours is one of the earliest and perhaps the earliest reports that I can find. And so I would love 
it if uh, our listeners could sit back and you could spin a tale because you are a writer and you tell your tale well. Can you tell us what happened? Um, sure. Um, Thanks. And uh, and and for some reason, this is the um, the last two weeks have been the uh, <laughs> uh, lots of people have been asking me to tell this story in various uh, forms and formats. So I'm, um, but. Um, Anyway, um, I, I'm a newspaper reporter. Uh, I'm actually I will uh, be celebrating my 20th year at the newspaper. Um, oh. My 20th anniversary is in April, so I've, I've been here at the Reporter News for a very long time, covered a variety of things. Congratulations! Uh, currently have, yeah, currently I'm covering uh, city issues, city government, that sort of thing. Um, and so, but when I this is back when I was uh, kind of a younger reporter. I just first gotten there, and this is also back in the days of dial-up internet. Um, may it never come again. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, I uh, like it. Like a lot of people um, around that early time, I mean, I had a, a dial-up internet service, and there was a local provider named Camelot Communications here in Abilene, and. Um, they were originally located um, on North First Street here in town next to a movie theater, which has just recently finally closed down. It was sort of a dollar movie theater. I actually had some really good memories of that place. I saw Empire Strikes Back there with my grandfather when I was young. So, awesome. I mean, you know, the, the, I didn't have any fear about the movie theater whatsoever, although I've heard from several people since sharing my account that apparently the place has a reputation for being haunted on its own. But um, anyway, I was going to pay my bill, and um, it was the sun was going down. Uh, they had already closed, but they had a drop slot where you could put a check. Um, so I was using the theater marquee light uh, to fill out my check, and... Um, just sort of minding my own business where I, when I hear a, a very sort of persistent knock at my, on my car window. And I, I look and I see that there's these two kids. They're around the, uh, both of them are boys, around the age, I would guess, of somewhere between nine and 12. And one of them is sort of an olive complected guy with, curly hair, the other one a uh, kind of pale, red-headed kid. Uh, both of them are wearing pullover hoodies, and the, my first thought is that they're going to hit me up for money. Uh, you know, so I, I kind of crack the window, and I ask them what they need, and this is when it starts to get almost immediately strange. Um the red-headed kid never says a thing throughout this entire uh, incident. The curly-headed kid is the one who does all the talking. And, and so in my retellings of this, I've sort of nicknamed him the spokesman because that sort of seems to be, in retrospect, his role. Um, he is really, really smooth and very, very practiced for a child. Um, too much so, in my opinion. Um, and this is one of the things that, that sort of immediately strikes me about him. Um, I interview kids all the time, and most of them are a little bit halting or a little bit even apologetic or 
what have you. And this kid was very just direct and practiced and ready, I guess, to talk to me. Um, and his story sounds logical on the surface if I hadn't noticed a few details. Um, he says, hey, mister, we left our money at home, and we were wondering if you could give us a ride to our mom's house because we want to see the movie. Okay. Well, it sounds like kind of a logical thing, I guess. Uh, but almost immediately, I begin to have this incredible, undeniable fear response to these two kids, just immediately. And, and, and it's illogical. Uh, I have no idea why this is going on, but it is undeniably happening. I am immediately terrified, terrified of these two children. Um and so I I try to shake it off because, I mean, it's just completely irrational. There's no basis for it. And so I start talking to them. And throughout this exchange, this, this fear response could just continues to grow, even though, again, there's no, there's no reason that my conscious mind at that moment anyway is noted, has any reason to experience this. I look over and... Um, I'm just talking to them, and the spokesman keeps going on and on. Come on, mister, you know, it's it's not really far away. We, we won't take up much of your time. Um, you know, we don't have a gun or anything, which is kind of a weird thing for a kid to say. I mean, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. And um, so finally I just am in this paroxysm of terror, and I don't understand why. And... I I think, okay, there, there's something wrong here. Figure it out. Figure it out. Because I have to trust my intuition a lot in, in what I do and, and tell if people are telling me the whole truth or not and, and that sort of thing. So I, I say, well, what movie are you kids going to go see tonight? And he tells me, we're going to go see Mortal Kombat, which places this in time. Uh, and... Um, I look up at the theater, I break their gaze, I look up at the theater marquee, I look down at my digital clock in my car, and in that moment I've figured something out, that the last showing of Mortal Kombat is already happening, and by the time I take these kids anywhere, even in a town the size of Abilene where you can get pretty much anywhere in 10 or 15 minutes, and bring them back, the show's pretty much going to be over. So I choose to uh, start to mention that, and this is when it everything changes. Um, I don't know what happened. I've tried to recreate this. I've had people... I've gone to this movie theater. I've had people stand outside the car at about the same hour of day, and I've looked up at the theater marquee and looked at them to see if this was some trick of the light or some misperception or... Uh, anything that I can come up with to, to, to explain this, and I've never been able to other than it happened apparently exactly as I perceived it. When I looked over, both of these kids, I noticed, had coal black eyes, completely, completely black. I mean, no discernible um, difference between, you know, iris and sclera, and, I mean, whatnot. I mean, the, the totally, totally black. 
And at that moment, my brain just explodes in this absolute fight-or-flight horror. <laughs> and I, I don't really know how to describe it other than that. I mean, at that moment, several things occurred to me. I, I, I knew that I was in extreme danger. I knew that my intuition was correct. I felt as if I was going to die at that moment. And I knew that I had to get away from these kids. And I had noticed, um, this is a detail that I'll, I'll mention, that there were several times when I was talking to this kid that I noticed that my hand had kind of strayed toward the door latch. Now, I mean, I didn't pop it open or anything, but, but in retrospect, it was something that I, that I, that I kind of really noticed and, and, and medi have meditated on as to what that means in the narrative. But anyway, the, the point is, I am in this absolute panic now to get away from these kids, and I make any excuse I possibly can. I, I say, look, I'm sorry, I, I just realized something, I can't help you guys, hope you get a ride, all that sort of thing, start rolling up the window, and at that point the spokesman gets angry, mm. really, really angry. <laughs> and I, I managed, I, I'd only cracked the window a little bit, so I roll it up pretty quickly. But he, he starts banging on the glass. I mean, not, not a little bit. I mean, I, I can feel the vibration in the car. Um, and he just starts pounding on the glass. And he says, Mr., we can't come inside your car unless you tell us it's okay. Let mm. us in. And so, <laughs> I mean, at that point, uh, I mean, what what can you do? But, I mean, th I threw the car in reverse, got out of there as quickly as I could, stole a look in the rearview mirror. I couldn't see them. They were, they were they It was like they had just vanished. And... With the way the parking lot is designed, there's just absolutely no place that they could have run that quickly and me not still see them, at least. Um, and so, anyway, I, I, I drove home. Ran, literally, I literally ran from my car to the front door, um, locked the door, fell on the floor, just collapsed, shaking for a little while, and then I called an old friend of mine in San Angelo who, who was open to such things and, and, and told him about it. And this sounds like a really terrible, <laughs> you know, kind of kick ending at the end of the Twilight Zone episode or whatever, but, but, but I, I swear this is true. He, he had been seeing a girl at the time who had sort of proclaimed herself to be a, a psychic. Mm -hmm. And... Um, she was there, and an, another friend of his was there, and so he had put me on a speakerphone so that everyone could hear the story. Before I even get to the end, the girl who is, you know, was supposedly psychic or whatnot, stops me and says, "Did these kids have all black eyes?" Okay. I, I mean, I hadn't even gotten to that point yet, and I said, "Well, well, yeah. Well, how do you know?" And she said, oh, I had a dream about them the other night. And if you had let them into your car, you would be dead now. Wow. Hmm. So. How do you, how do you 
how do you process an experience like that? I mean, you went and you wrote about it for the newspaper. Um, only years later. Um, oh, okay. Um, the the story that kind of got out um, back then, um, there were these things, and I guess there still are called listservs, uh, you know, email lists and whatnot. Uh, they're not as popular anymore, but uh, uh, I, I was on one that was um, a forum for people to to share. Uh, ghost stories and paranormal um, type of experiences, and, and so uh, one day I I wrote this because this was a small closed group, and I trusted the people who were in it. And I am a writer, and so one of the things that I do on occasion is write things down as a form of catharsis, more or less. And so I shared this with this small group of people, and then through various means and whatnot. I mean, obviously, it's easy to hit forward on an email. Uh, this got out and became, I guess, akin to something to a viral phenomenon before we really had the words to describe that sort of thing. And uh, all of a sudden, I started getting all of these emails and phone calls and what have you, and even a few written letters and whatnot from people who were either just interested in it or had some sort of experience of their own to share or even just wanted to talk about their own strange things that had been happening. Um, one time there was this guy who was in, uh, a security officer in, uh, in California who, uh, uh, this is years later, who read the story and he called me up at work. And he said, look, I mean, I haven't had anything happen like you, but I'm in this, work in this warehouse at night. All these strange things happen. Uh, I'm, I'm worried. I'm cracking up. And so I, I went on the Internet and I found your story, and I felt like you were a guy who would understand me. So if you'll just let me talk to you for a little bit, that, that would be fine. And uh, I did. I had a good conversation with this guy that lasted half an hour, and at the end he said, you know what, thank you. Uh, I mean, it's really important, I think, for people to who have had these kinds of experiences to, to be able to share with other people and understand that they're not crazy. And I said, no problem, and I hung up and never heard from the guy again. But, I mean, it, it seemed like it genuinely meant something to him. So, you don't? Um, as as far as how I, I dealt with it, I mean, I I wrote about it, obviously. Uh, and, 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 and to be perfectly honest, for a long time, I, I didn't deal with it very well. Um, I mean, I had no understanding of what I had exactly experienced. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd sort of had a, a sort of, I guess, genial interest in the paranormal, since I was a kid, but um, with the exception of a couple of experiences in college, um, never really had anything that I could pin as totally concrete. Um, this was an undeniable experience, and how do you process that? I mean, because I'm a person who believes in trying to find empirical truth as much as I possibly can, and... Um, I had no idea what these things were capable of. I didn't know if I would wake up one night and they'd be at the foot of my bed or what have you. And so for a, a long time, I mean, I was, I relied mostly on 
the few friends who I could talk to these uh, about these sorts of things and then otherwise just tried to cope. And to be perfectly honest, uh, um, even though the movie theater is closed now and um, you know, the many years have intervened between every time I drive by that place, and I do quite often because I'm, I drive by there uh, sometimes uh, on the way to work or whatnot. I mean, I, I still have to suppress a shiver because it doesn't take much to take me back to that moment. And, I mean, I, I truly believe that my life was in danger at that point, and if I hadn't gotten out of there, maybe bad things would have happened. Hmm. So. You know, I, what I was going to say, Brian, what really interests me about the whole thing, we cannot enter your car until you say until you give us the okay. That kind of thing is consistent with a lot of um, vampire stories from Eastern Europe. And a lot of people do think that these things, things because I, I have no other way of saying what they are, of course, that these things are indeed vampires. Uh, that That is certainly a theory. Um, I personally don't necessarily want to live in a universe where vampires exist because that, that, that creates an awful lot of problems. Um, but, but yes, there, there, there does seem to be some sort of almost, um, um, uh, it's why I, I very readily dismiss, uh, any explanation about aliens being, uh, for example, involved, um, and, and alien abduction lore and everyone knows at least a little bit about it through popular culture, Mm -hmm. Supposedly, they just take whoever they want in the night and do experiments on them and put them back in their bed the next day. They don't ask permission. Um, it, it seems like that whatever these things are, and this it does seem to be a common and recurring thing in the stories that have been shared with me and in, in uh, other accounts that I've read, um, there, there are rules somehow that these things have to... Um, follow i mean um and and that's one of the things that um that that gives us i mean if we have any power over them it, it, it it's in that i mean that they have to follow some sort of set of rules in order to interact with us um and and yes the, the vampire legend is compelling i mean and, and immediately you sort of flash back to half a dozen <laughs> Bad late night horror movies, you know, where they're the best though. You gotta admit, you know, where they have to, yeah, where we're, yeah. I mean, I understand that. I mean, and and um, uh, that has been one of the most vexing parts of this for me because, um, you know, it, it would have been enough if they had just gotten angry at me and and I and I left but but there's this enigmatic portion of it which which bothers me I mean it, it seems to imply that certain causes are more probable than others and like I said I, I don't necessarily want to live in a universe where where I have to contend with the idea that <laughs> vampires actually you know, stalk the night. Or I can't. I can't imagine why not. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but unfortunately, I mean, uh, according to to what we know about folklore and whatnot, it does seem to be a, an, an interesting fit. So, so there you go. 
When when they walk, or I got a question. So when they when they first walked up to you, said you could tell you know the difference in their skin, their hair, that kind of stuff. You were describing the details. Um, yeah. Did they? I mean, physically, did they look just like a human being? I mean, were they breathing? I mean, it's a strange strange question to ask. But did they? Did it look like they were breathing? They were, you know, uh, you know that kind of a thing uh, when they first approached you. Did you notice right. all these yeah. different yeah. things? No, I mean, um, uh, whether or not. Um, there were, there were, they appeared to me to be normal children. Um, whether or not that was simply my own mind somehow looking past uh, mm-hmm. what, what would seem to be an impossible detail or um, whether it was some sort of, as some people have suggested, glamour or... Um, disguise or what have you i i don't know but they did appear to be just normal kids when i first um when i first saw them um and and i mean they were wearing like typical attire to the uh the era you know clothes clothing wise stuff like that you know right um i've heard some accounts where they wear either outdated or archaic clothing or something like that. And, and, and this wasn't the case. I mean, it's just a couple of kids. Uh, I mean, springtime, so it's sort mm-hmm. of sort of cold, Not, but not really. Uh, so they're just wearing these sorts of pullover hoodies and whatnot, um, and no logos or anything like that on them. I think that they were... Um, yeah, they. I mean, they were both just these gray pullover hoodies. I mean, it looked like that they been bought from the same batch or whatever and mm. um nothing really scary about them initially mm-hmm. which is what made the immediate fear response all the more sure uh, yeah. Uh, yeah i mean it, it didn't make any sense and uh, and that's why um that that's why I, I spent some time interacting with them trying to shake it off because they just look like a couple of normal kids. And right. Yeah, I think it would be easy to second-guess yourself in that situation and think, oh, my God, why am I being such a wuss, huh? Exactly. Yeah. And and, and, and the thing is, I, I mean, in retrospect, given the things that the, that the kid was telling me, um, he could tell that I was nervous uh, because he, he kept trying to reassure me it's not far it won't take long yeah. we don't have a gun or anything which uh, i mean That's you weird. Know, it, it seems uh, oddly mature for children of that age to to kind of engage in that level of communications anyway yeah but exactly you know, you know, yeah. you know what i mean if i may interject i i, I work with um kids you know preteen kids and kids in their early teens who have, you know, they they have been in trouble with the law. And it really is kind of amazing how some of these kids, they they do have a very uh, street-smart approach mm-hmm. to themselves. And it almost sounds as if, like, this is what this was. And, it, you know, at first when I, when I started hearing about, you know, like the eyes being black, I mean, I remember when I was 13, I got blindsided, uh, 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 blindsided by a buddy's uh, skateboard. And my entire eye was like, my entire right eye was black because it was, you know, bloodshot or whatever. And that's, that's always kind of what <laughs> that sounds I so thought. pleasant. Oh, it was, it was great. I mean, he came, he came off the, he came off the steps and just bam. I was like, it was like lights out, you know, I got up and my eye is all, but you know, whatever. It, it just, 
one of the things that I that I have, you know, to get away from that, because I do I do have like a, a real question here. One of the things that I've heard about with the uh, Black Eyed Kids is that their um, voice has a very not only can it be monotone, but it can also be very melodic to the point of being hypnotic. Did you feel as if you were being hypnotized in any way as they were talking to you? Um. I'll go ahead and go out on a limb here and say yes. I mean, and that's okay. the reason that I mentioned um, the the detail about my hand straying toward. Uh, oh, the like involuntarily, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's that's the reason I chose to to include that in there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, the kid was very. I wouldn't say that there was any sort of sirens song or anything uh, <laughs> uh, about it, but I mean it was very smooth and very yeah. practiced, and, um, and and maybe a little meant to be a little bit uh, sort of reassuring and whatnot. Um, as far as any sort of supernatural aspect to it, uh, I didn't detect that. I mean. Even when he got angry, I mean, it, it, this isn't uh, this wasn't some terrible movie where oh, Mister, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, darn it! Uh, I, I mean, that, no, but that, that would have amped up the fear. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but 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 it was it was he was scary enough. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll say that. And and the thing is, I, I mean, I I would love uh, for someday me to get an email in my mailbox at work or, or, or at home or whatever and you know that was me and my friend you yeah. know, Johnny you know yeah. we were you know we really did want to ride we didn't understand why you freaked out I mean you know or whatever right. that that has never happened and I, I, right. I sincerely don't think that it ever that it ever will I, I mean yeah. I I don't People ask me all the time what they what they are. I mean, I have no idea, even to sure. this point. I mean, I've done plenty of research and talked to plenty of people, and um, you know, I'm I'm uh, on good speaking terms and whatnot with some researchers out there, like David Weatherly, who's written a book um, uh, on the phenomenon, and I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Offit, who wrote a really good sort sure. of uh, yeah. paper. Um, that um, was published in a paranormal magazine mm-hmm. about it, and I have no idea. I mean, to this point, to this day, I have no idea conclusively what I think they right. are. I, I, th- I tend toward some sort of supernatural or extra-dimensional creature um, with malevolent intent, and that's really mm-hmm. all I can say. Well, yeah. Well, and they were they were saying about like the physical, uh, like the uh, how you felt, you know, like Rick was talking about, like hypnotic as far as the voice and stuff. Were there other, were there any other physical changes to yourself, like you know, nausea, numbness, hot, cold, dizzy, anything, anything that would give it away as this is not just a normal, like I'm, you know, fear mode kind of a thing, you know? Um, yeah. In in a lot of respects, I mean, there was this sort of sense of. Um, I'll I'll call it cold terror, um, and mm-hmm. and um, it. I mean, not, not that my breath began to to steam or whatnot, but mm-hmm. I mean, it seemed 
uh, th- there was this sense of coldness that that seemed to sort of envelop everything, and whether that was a psychological thing or an actual physiological effect, I'm not a hundred percent sure. But mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was something that I definitely recall experiencing. Um, and um, I, I mean, really, the the only other effect though was just this. Um, I mean, now when I got home and um, sort of let the panic subside, I mean, there was this sort of post-trauma nausea and whatnot. I mean, Mm -hmm. but not not that much different than what you would expect if if you'd just been really, really frightened in any other yeah situation Um, yeah it sounds like your body kicked into sort of the fight or flight response and there are after effects to that when it's you know so right Right. well what's interesting to me is that um as you tell the story really what you're telling is very subtle the experiences that you had it wasn't anything outright um you know like you say the kids or anything like that it was more yeah. subtle than that, and yet it was so terrifying. And I think that makes it even scarier is the subtlety of it, and yet you had this huge response to it anyway. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, and, 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 that's, and that's just it. I mean, and it's still there to, to some degree. I mean, uh, it sounds I like it, yeah. Nervous. I mean, I get a little nervous when I, when I talk about... Um, this story to people mm. and, and people tell me that they can see it in my in my face and whatnot interesting um, it, yeah uh, i mean it's it's like any sort of thing that would um give you some sort of um post-traumatic stress yeah problem. it sounds like you have ptsd it does uh, you, to some extent so cheryl yeah. has oh go ahead yes yeah go ahead Well, Cheryl has a question, and what she wanted to know is, she says that you said that you thought you might have been killed if you had let the kids into the car, and she wants to know why. Why would they do that? Um, Well, this is, and again, this is only based on um, my opinion and my feelings and whatnot, and, and and I guess also you know, later confirmed by um, my friend's allegedly psychic girlfriend, but um, <laughs> at the time, but um, well, I would be I would be a little bit careful in saying allegedly. I mean, she knew exactly what was it you had just dealt well, with. Well, well, yes, I, I know. I still try to maintain a healthy skepticism. I mean, even in the face of you, you uh, know what you're sure. you're a reporter, and the word allegedly right. is is a very important one. I write for a newspaper too, and yeah, I use the word allegedly a lot as well. So it's okay, right? <laughs> right. Um, well, well. I- anyway, the um, um, I'm I'm sorry, I lost her train here. Uh, get me back on track here. Uh, well, so she was wondering what it was. Oh, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so. Um, I believe, anyway, as human beings, that we kind of carry a memory, I guess, of when we were um, kind of existing in a more uh, primitive state of being, and we were as likely to be hunted as be hunters. Um, 
I felt at, the, at that moment that I was prey, more or less. I mean, I, I felt like that this had been some sort of calculated and deliberate attempt to get me in my car. Right. Uh, to get them in my for them to get in my car, excuse me. Yeah. To um, <laughs> that was interesting. To, to for <laughs> them to get in my car, take me somewhere, you know, their their mother's house, wherever that you know may be, or whatever that may have been, and then at that point, you, you sort of trail off into the into the question marks. But there was definitely with the amount of fear that I was sensing and then sort of with the reveal that these things are not what they appear mm -hmm. to be yeah. and are using the guise of children to um, do whatever they're trying to do. Um, uh, I mean, already it's obvious that there's deception involved and there appears to also be, as we sort of intimated, a sort of hypnotic component to this. Right, I mean, right. So, so, I mean, in an attempt to subvert my sovereign will, more yeah. or less, and, yeah. and do, make, make me do whatever they wanted. Right. Um, and um, I, I know for a fact that people go missing all the time, and mm -hmm. we have no idea what happens to them. True. And yeah. 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 You know, I can relate to what you're saying um, just on a more practical level as a woman. There have been guys that I have met places and bars or other things where that exactly what you're talking about, that kind of almost seems irrational fear has kicked in. And I've I've, you know, gotten away from them and made sure that I didn't have any interaction with them. So I do understand uh, yours is more supernatural, of course, and mine is, you know, there are some real creeps in the world, <laughs> but I can relate to what you're saying because there's no logical reason. It's just like some sixth sense kicks in and you're like, Oh, you're not, you're not good. Well, I think ironically you've come to the same conclusion. There are some real creeps in the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. Uh, so you said, so you said that they, it went it, towards the end of the story. You were saying how you felt like your hand was moving towards the door and you wanted to open it up. So, in that sense, uh, was it just the fear of, I got to get the poop and heck out of here? You know what I mean? That, that kicked you back into moving your hand back? Uh, I mean, what was the, I'm trying to explain it in a way that makes sense. How, how did you feel when this was happening? Did you feel like you were right. actually, like, like telekinesisly, they were making your hand move there and you had to fight it to pull back? Or was it just, oh, I'm, I'm so afraid now it's, I'm out of here? You know, what, what was it like as far as that's concerned? Well, yeah, I mean, um, in that, in the moments when I noticed that, um, and, and it happened two or three times, yeah, I mean, in the course of this very short conversation, relatively, um, it bothered me immediately because I I didn't remember consciously doing that. Um, I, I mean, I, I I remembered, of course, putting the putting the check down in the pen and aside and whatnot, and cracking the window and whatnot, and, and turning around and talking to them, but. 
I noticed this the, the first time, and I thought that well, you know, that's that's odd. I mean, and 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 to be perfectly honest, the the door was locked. So mm-hmm. I mean, even if I had pulled the latch, um, and, and, unless something really weird had happened, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, the door would not have uh, have opened on its own. But mm-hmm. it was just the inclination. Uh, to do it, I mean, in the fact that I apparently was doing this without conscious will applied, I mean, I'm not saying that they necessarily pulled, I don't feel as if they pulled my hand there. Right. Uh, I, 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 I certainly feel like I was still doing this myself, but it was at an unconscious level. It was, mm. it was something that I, that was not immediately aware of with my with my conscious brain that that my hand was was placing itself in such a way that if I that it wouldn't take much to just open the door if if indeed it had been unlocked and so that and and, and so I thought about that I mean and I guess perhaps I mean again I don't know the rules I don't know their the thought processes or the, or the way that they look at things. I mean, mm-hmm. if me opening the door would have been considered to be enough of an invitation for them mm-hmm. to do what they needed to do. Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, because I mean, if you're, if you're, fear, you know, if you're in the vehicle and you're fearful of these people, I mean, your, your mind's not going to be, you're even unconsciously, you're not going to go, I want to open the door. You know what I mean? Your, my mind's going to be grab the wheel start the car and get the hell out of there you know what i mean yeah so and, i mean and and when i looked away from them um and then looked back at them and of course had the um the big re- reveal of whoever they or whatever they were um mm-hmm. at that point i remember being very much in control of myself and gripping my hand around the wheel tightly and the you doing the you know, engaging the gear shift and whatnot. And right. I, I remember these sorts of things as very conscious and deliberate acts. But, but yeah, uh, so you could tell the difference between when they were when your hand was moving towards the door, and then while you're taking off, you could feel that you had all your faculties back. In other words, exactly. you were in totally control. Okay. Right. And, and so and so there seems to be sort of a a before and after aspect to this, mm-hmm. um, and. What I've decided, and you know, this is again just my own opinion and from my own experience. Whenever I found the force of will to look away from them, look up at the theater marquee, and then look down at my clock, and then put two and two together and realize that this story doesn't make complete sense. I mean, whatever happened at that point, I mean, whether it was just the simple action of breaking their gaze or exerting a a a conscious and willful act, I mean, or something, I mean, that is that is the moment where I believe that my perception shifted back to I'm going to call it normal <laughs> and and Reality, I noticed yeah. And I noticed what exactly was in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so to me, uh, it does imply that there is some sort of hypnotic quality here, or at least some sort of ability to 
trick the mind of the observer into perceiving things and that aren't necessarily there or to force uh, not I, I don't want to get into some sort of mind control argument because I, I don't really know about that. But I mean, mm-hmm. um, there, there does seem to be the inability to subtly influence people mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. enact their will. I well, mean, I mean, I don't, I don't think any. It's any weirder. You're saying mind control or they're controlling your mind. That's not any weirder than hey, their eyes just turned black, right? Well, I, <laughs> I know that, but it, it sounds weirder to me. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I'm thinking the black thing is pretty weird to me. I mean, if you're looking at most of the eyes go. I understand that, but uh, <laughs> um, from from my perspective, that is that is reality. That is that's what happened. Um, uh, when you get into mind control and things like that, you start uh, um, flying off into 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 you know even stranger fringes of the internet and whatnot, I guess, but I mean, you know, a bunch of, you know, MK Ultra and all that stuff, I mean, but, um, so, uh, again, I mean, I try to, uh, even though this was a decidedly supernatural occurrence, um, in my opinion, I, I try to still sort of keep an objective view of it, I mean, I, I would love like I said, if someone could explain this away from for me someday. <laughs> well, I'm sure people can happen. explain it away. You just may not accept those explanations. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've it, had many people who have tried to explain it away. Exactly. And yeah. I, I guess we... Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this is this is y'all's show, so I mean, direct me here. But, <laughs> um, but uh, if we want to get into that... Um, there's nothing that makes me angrier to read on the internet that Brian Bethel, quote unquote, created the Black Eyed Kids. And yeah. yeah, that's why um, I called you. That's why I called you Patient Zero. But I do have to say, Brian, that um, your story rings very true to me. The way you describe it, um, the way yeah, you're just talking with you. But I will say that. If you look at stories that have come after yours, because I truly believe that you are pretty darn close to patient zero, or at least the first person to talk about it publicly. But a lot of the stories are, well, it was a friend of a friend, and they have those um, elements of urban legends. And so I'm going to assume that given your experience, you would say that it is not an urban legend. But do you think that there are people who are taking it and, and urban legendizing it, for lack of a better term? Certainly. I mean, um, and, and, and you have to realistically, I think, um, understand that if you're going to, to delve into this, you're going to have to separate some wheat from chaff. Um, sure. Be, because, yeah, I mean, there, um, there are plenty of people out there who will write up this sort of thing um, for a laugh. Um, and, of course, if you look at... Um, if you look at a phenomenon, for example, like Slender Man, well, we know the origin of Slender Man from the right. something awful forums and whatnot in their Photoshop contest and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But you'll find plenty of people out there who um, either don't know this and believe that there's such a thing out there, or there's um, uh, people who just uh, either you know, choose to ignore it and, you know, 
perpetuate stories that other people unfortunately believe and, and whatnot. And so you you can look at that. Um, I mean, I studied a little bit about folklore in, in, in college and whatnot and sort of the, the way that um, these things evolve from, um, you know, there, there's all kinds of technical terms, memorates and proto-memorates and all that sort of thing like that. And, um, but it as you move forward and it becomes, you know, concretized and whatnot, just like there is now a cliched, alien abduction experience that has mm-hmm. made it into popular media and popular culture, um, you'll find that there is a sort of now, unfortunately, prototypical BEK encounter. Yeah. Uh, now, whether or not that implies that um, this is the way that these things operate um, or whether or not it's just a bunch of people having a bunch of other people on, um, it, it becomes almost impossible to know in some respects, and you just sort of have to rely on your intuition. I tend to look for stories that are not carbon copies of my own. Um, sure. sure. And there there are there are some out there, and there are some that are very compelling. Um, like I said, uh, David Weatherly does a really good job, in my opinion, of uh, collecting this stuff in a book called The Black-Eyed Children. Um, and, um, I mean, I don't get any promotional consideration or anything for mentioning his book. I mean, I'm, right. I'm barely in it, actually. Um, but um, he collects some pretty compelling cases. I mean, some of them that actually predate my own that seem to fall into this category. Um, I mean, even going yeah. back to the 50s and whatnot. Really? Yeah, I'll I have to read. Uh, What's the name of the book? It's called The Black-Eyed Children. Okay. It's by David Weatherly. Um, I'll check that out. So, anyway, yeah, I have the... It's a good book. It's a good book. And and like I said, uh, there's another fellow by the name of Jason Offit who did a really good... Um, yeah, we know Jason. He's been yeah. on the show. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah, I mean... Um, so, I mean, you can ask him for a copy of that, and I'm sure he'd be happy to. He, he and I have talked off and on for um, for a long time now. So, um, the importance of this stuff, though, is is um, I, I don't necessarily want to be a full time black eyed kid researcher. <laughs> I have other things to do in my life. But, I can't imagine. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Um, I am very interested in obviously the the idea of the paranormal and and other things but um and but even even other people's stories i mean as compelling as they may be unless i can find some sort of other evidence to to suggest that they are not simply making things up or or i just trust them implicitly uh, I, I will approach other people's stories of the paranormal with with skepticism, uh, but benign, I would say a benign skepticism. But in in sort of the old Fox Mulder, I want to believe kind of ethos, um, and 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 I've understood and and seen and heard many things that that tell me that there is an entire world out there that we barely understand and that someday may come into the um gay the true gaze of science i mean i, I think um 
I hope I don't make any enemies here by saying this, but I think right now that parapsychology is not a science. Um, it, it, it is moving toward the realm of science, and there are some people out there who are genuinely working in the in the realm of science in parapsychology. But whenever you can turn on the TV and see ten different ghost hunter. Uh, yeah, that's not parapsychology. Well, I, I was going to say, I think you mean that paranormal investigation is not a science, and I don't think there's anybody here who would disagree with you on that. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's compelling. I mean, you know, everyone likes to hear the creepy EVP or whatever, but uh, uh, we we don't really know enough about how this works. To, um, I mean, science is, is something that is. Um, Operates on replication and um, yeah. what, and we, uh, um, you know, these. That's the unfortunate thing about this stuff. I mean, so much of it. I mean, and and my story as well is anecdotal. Um, Absolutely. Sure. I um. I but, got when, but when the anecdotal happens to you, it sure changes things, doesn't it? It does. Um, <laughs> I got contacted by a Korean television network at one point. Apparently, I didn't realize this. Uh, New Year's Eve programs in South Korea. Apparently, they they think it's fun to do stories about you know, ghosts and what have in monsters and what have you for New Year's Eve. So, um, but any but anyway. Um, this, this woman, uh, and there was a bit of a language barrier there, unfortunately, too, but uh, kept asking me, well, you, you don't have a, a picture of Beck, is what she kept calling it, Beck. Uh, and I, I said, no, I don't have a picture of a black-eyed kid. First of all, this was in 1996, and I didn't even own a cell phone. Second of all, if I had a cell phone that could take a picture, it would be the size of a postage stamp, and you know, have no <laughs> yeah. detail to it. And, and then, when, when you're when you feel that your life is threatened, you're not necessarily <laughs> yeah, really. reaching your camera. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I can't help you here. Yeah, okay. really. Hold still. Let me take. Let me take your picture. Well, hey, we have come to the part of our show where, sadly, we could talk to you for much, much longer. To tell you the truth, um, and I hope that someday you will come back on with us again, and you know we can talk about all sorts of stuff. But this is the part of the show that we call Shameless Self Promotion Corner. Um, you know, you can promote anything. Really, we're we're easy. Um. I, I have nothing to promote, actually. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I'm very interested in people's uh, personal accounts, um, and if, if there are folks out there who believe that they have encountered um, anything of this nature, I would love to hear from them. I'm pretty easy to find on the Internet, so if you uh, uh, type in my name and, and want to send me an email, that would be, that would be great, but... Uh, I mean, uh, uh, other than that, I ain't got ain't got nothing to sell here. So, <laughs> <laughs> very good. Well, it's been really fascinating talking to you, and um, you know, I I know that it for what it's worth, I believe your story, and um, you know, I've always wanted to talk to someone who is. A, a first-hand experiencer because I've only ever heard that friend of a friend. And so when Cheryl told me that you were coming on the show, I got really super excited. And you you haven't disappointed. You've been absolutely fascinating. And 
just really great to talk to. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank thanks. Pleasure, and uh, y'all have a good night. You too. Good night. Bye. All right. So, uh, black eyed kids, Chuck. That's what you've been looking for. Me too. Oh yes, that was. That, <laughs> I got some of my answers too. Like some of the yeah. stuff he was saying before I could even get the, the question up. But um, yeah, you know, I, I found that interesting. I, I find it interesting also that you know, as a person who's kind of like skeptical, um, and it happened. You know, it's like interesting when someone that's skeptical and then something happens to them that there's just no rational yeah. explanation. Yeah. They still try to fight that. Like they, they still try to fight the thing that's like I'm going to try to make it rational. Still, I'm not. I'm going to say that it, it's mm-hmm. scientifically it's not possible. It's like, well, but it just happened to you. I did it for 20 years when I lived in that apartment where, you know, Godzilla wound up in the middle of my bed, my doors open and closed and all of that. And for 20 years, I was like, oh, my God, this is just BS. I'm crazy. I'm nuts. That didn't really happen. And then I had this second encounter and I was like, okay. Yeah, well, it's like everything. It's like me, even as a paranormal investigator, first to be like, no, I didn't hear that. No, yeah. that just didn't happen. Then as you get farther and farther and farther and you've been in this long enough, you're like, okay, and I guess you learn to accept it. You know, you learn to, to, yeah. to know that everything is not, is not going to be logical. Everything is not explainable. Some things just are. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, fascinating story. I actually read right. the story that he wrote for the newspaper. Um, about a week ago, when we're actually when I first found out he was coming on the show, and it was well written. The guy tells a good story, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just like I say, the thing that to me is so terrifying about it really is how subtle it is, and how mundane the encounter would really actually sort of feel, except that he had this underlying terror, and the kid's eyes were totally black. Yeah, and, and it's weird that you yeah. can see it happening like all different places, like just small towns and stuff where no one would even kind of notice if someone like just, I mean, people disappear all the time. So, you know, really? Yeah, yeah. And we usually just assume that, you know, they mm-hmm. either wanted to disappear or some psycho got them. Well, what if the psychos are black eyed kids? You just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not letting any. I'm not letting anybody in the house. I mm-hmm. might not even let my son in the house anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, listening to his story has really has forced me to rethink. Oh, my, and you were the big skeptic. Mm. But yeah. so, but and the thing is, it's like it just you know allow me to explain. It's like I can be, being in the line of work that I'm in. Okay, pardon my language, but I have a very well-tuned and, you know, bullshit-a-meter. You know what I'm saying? I have to. You have one of those? Where can I buy one? <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of something you got to develop. But, um, uh, no, I mean, it's something that I've had to develop being in the, in the kind of work that I'm in because I work with kids that can lie to you straight-faced and to them it is the absolute truth. And listening to the story, it's like it the, the, the BS-a-meter did not go off at all. In fact... Listening to it, it was like, this is true. This hey, well, it's, it's, happened to this guy. There's an utter lack of embellishment. He doesn't try to make right. it sound scarier. I mean, because really, if you if you cut out the, you know, I my hand strayed toward the door and I felt a sense of terror and things like that, it's a guy talking to a couple of kids. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, and he didn't he didn't do anything other than tell the story of a guy talking to a couple of kids and he shared that these things were going on inside of him and to me that seems very believable yes so very very credible yeah well his background too as a journalist and you know working at the newspaper and stuff i mean yeah that made it just that much more 
why would this? Why would he? Why would he want to make this up? You know what I mean? All the stuff. He's, you know, <laughs> right. What's the point? You know what I mean? So. Right. Exactly. So, um, interesting guest. Great show, Cheryl. Good job. Yes. Good job, Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl. I just, I just invite him on. That's all I do. Yeah. Nice work. Who do we <laughs> have right. next week? All right. Um, next week, uh, January fifteenth. We have David Sloan joining us, and he is the author of the book, Robert the Doll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, okay. oh, yeah. Yes. Time to get excited. Um, yeah, and is he going to be on camera so that we can we can look at Robert? I have not organized anything like that, no. <laughs> I'm not as I'm not as as good oh, as that. Come on, as you gotta do, just say, hey, dude, you got a camera. And, Here's the thing, and, oh, well, Robert he's is in a museum. In a museum. He's not the owner of Robert. He Robert's yeah. in the museum, and so okay. I'm not quite sure um, if if we can do that. I could ask, okay. but well, Robert tell, is so yeah. creepy. Yeah, you can oh. tell him just take your laptop, go over to the museum, sit mm-hmm. there, you can do the show from there. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Sit in the Busby well, Stoop chair. Yeah, oh, yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> David Sloan has done uh, obviously quite a bit of research on Robert the Doll, and Robert the Doll yeah. is a haunted doll. Oh yeah, right? Robert uh, the Doll is creepy that as hell. Is who mm-hmm. Robert the Doll is, but it's it's a very fascinating backstory. He's, that he's, he's in Saint Augustine, to. right, Robert? Yeah, and, yes. And um, uh, there's a lot of different theories that surround Robert the doll, including theories involving voodoo and and different things like that. And um, David has researched these theories and will be talking about them with us. And so that's going to be fun. And then we can also, um, if we have time, talk to David about his, um, he is the operator of Sloan's Key West Ghost Hunt, which I'm sure he can also have some interesting uh, tales to go along with those ghost hunts. But uh, I'm sure, yeah, Robert the Doll is going to take up most of our conversation. So cool. So and Chucky G, what do you have coming up on the, the second to last installment of In the Dark? Say it like that, okay? It's a, it's a go-to. I know. Um, it's bittersweet. I know. Um, I have tonight. Actually, I have a guest host, Jessica P. Yeah. One of our listeners is going to be yeah. my sidekick for the evening, so that's going to be fun. And I have Mr. Ken Gearhart, who is. We're going to talk about um, uh, chupacabra. I want to go with oh, chupacabra. chupacabra. Other things too, but I want to talk about chupacabra because I got questions. I figure if anybody can answer it, this guy can answer it. So that's who we have on tonight with a special uh, guest host. It's going to be fun. It's going to be crazy as per usual. Sounds pretty awesome. Sounds mm-hmm. cool. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah, well, you know, I probably, I'll try to stick around and listen, but you know, apparently I have to go to bed really early. Uh, fine, I'm going to try. We'll All see. All right. I know. Gosh, whatever. Well, you start practicing staying up late now because, you know, pretty soon you're going to meet up late. I know. Up late with, oh, see, we should have been that up late with Chucky G and K-Fraz. Ooh. Well, maybe that'll be the next, next installment. <laughs> Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. So I was, uh. Mentioning to you guys kind of off air that, um, and probably every paranormal investigation team in the world got this email, uh, inviting us to try out for a new show. And it's, uh, para- it's basically naked ghost hunting. <laughs> they said it's like naked and afraid, but ghost hunting. And they, she was very careful to explain. <laughs> oh, no, it gets better. Cause she's very careful to explain to us that this is in no way intended to exploit 
paranormal oh, investigators. No. Oh, no, no. There's, there's, no, there's no, no intention no. of exploiting them because what they really want to do is scientifically discover if being naked affects instrumental readings. Well, where am I supposed no. to strap? Where are you going to strap the instruments if you're naked? What am I going to do with pockets? Yeah, where am I put all those meters? I think I might try out for it because this may be the one thing that I do that finally makes my mom and dad proud. <laughs> well, I, well, I know where I can strap my flashlight, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that gives a whole new meaning to headlamp there, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cheryl, we did it. Sorry. We're sorry, Cheryl. Scott, that, had to and get I'm, that you know in. What? It wasn't me. Shocking. <laughs> Again. I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. Anyway, um, so there we almost had dead air. I almost shut the place down with that, didn't I? So, hey, stick around for uh, Chucky G in his second-to-last show. But you know what? In the Dark Radio is not going away because it's going to be Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. It's yes. we have just it's a hybridization of the two shows. And, um, We're going to fuse it. We're going to fuse it. Right. Yeah. That's right. Mr. Cool Rick Hale before us. Uh-huh. I know. So, Rick, we're counting, hard on, act to follow. We're uh-huh. counting on you for really super good lead-in numbers. So you need yes. to make sure that you bring us, bring the big, the big listeners. Yeah. I, am, I am the opening act, so I love sure. you, Cleveland. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> so one more week, and you'll get all three of us again next week. That's yep. right. And um, in the dark radio, of course, we'll be on next week as well. And um, then two weeks from tonight, we will start with the new lineup, the uh, uh, Common Sense Paranormal. Oh, my God, I almost forgot what it was called, Rick. Common Sense Paranormal with Rick Hale. And then right. Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Kay Fraz and Chucky G. Jeez. I think I think we have to keep Kay Fraz. That sounds cool. <laughs> I've been trying to make that happen for so yeah, long. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just yeah. Cheryl, you got Cheryl, you got to put that in the ad. K. Fraz and Chucky K-Fraz. G. Fraz, no. Okay, it's done. <laughs> I think it sounds cool, doesn't it? It sounds like I don't wow. know. It sounds like it was a drug. like dead air. It's like I said, this sounds yeah, cool. It, 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 it doesn't sounds- say anything. Cheryl doesn't say anything. It, it to me it sounds like um like a nightclub drug like uh, it sounds fine I think it sounds really good and poop it on all the rest of the people I don't care I like it okay well as long as you like it then to heck with all of us yes there you go that's right because I gave you the name Chucky G mm-hmm. G- and look G- and, and, and now people don't even know who the heck I am and I go hey this is Chuck and they're like who and then I sent a text to like Ben Robinson or uh, Shane Pittman and like Chucky G and they're like oh hey I'm like oh my god they don't even know my real name anymore (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome yeah thanks all right so uh Rick one more and done huh one more and done oh four and a half years are you ready are you ready for this now are you ready for your own show are you ready I am ready to be the spinoff. Yes, okay. you are. You're the you're spinning off into your own universe, and we couldn't oh. be prouder. So you're like Laverne and Shirley to our happy days. Exactly. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Which one are you? I, I, I are you like the Fonz? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be. Uh, you know what? Hey, as long as I don't jump the shark. Yeah, that's so, true. Because the Fonz did it. Was pretty sad. Do not put on those water skis, and you'll be no, fine. Hey, jumping. I'm just looking now. It is 7:29 here in Western Washington, which means that in one minute, Chucky e. G is coming on, and he's got 
Jessica P., who's going to be uh, his co-host. And I feel badly because we came, and I have to apologize to Jessica because Chuck was talking publicly to Jessica about perhaps having a permanent co-host, which is when we swooped in and snatched him. (laughs) (laughs) We just couldn't let that happen, Jessica. I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. If you'd like a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. <laughs>